welcome to another episode of How Do You Do the Podcast. I'm El Harudi. And I'm Samantha Vinicor Meinrat. We just flipped that. That was interesting. I know. I was kind of confused. <laughs> oh, it's great. We still know each other's names. And we are here, like every week, to talk to you about all things Jewy. This week, we are switching up our TV watching schedule. Um, I know that we have been watching Sergeim, but we've been hearing and seeing all over social media people in our community reacting to the Netflix show, My Unorthodox Life. There's been a lot of feelings, a lot of feedback. So obviously we need to weigh in. So yeah, Al and I watched episode one, or in my case, like took notes on episode one, but actually binge watched the entire <gasps> series. You cheated. I couldn't, I didn't even notice. I like, I sat down to watch it. I started taking notes and then like seven hours later, my eyes glazed <laughs> over and I was just like, what happened to me? What a cheater. I, I waited. I didn't even watch episode two yet. I'm so proud I of you. I wanted to. I didn't. You're so much better of a podcast host than I am. It's crazy. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to say. I binged, guys. But you'll have to take notes in other episodes, I will. Too. I will rewatch them. Because okay. I didn't watch them with a note lens. It was just like a judgy lens. Because that's the way I view the world. Okay, can I say something first? Please. I feel like I just have to dive in. But I feel like they were very camera aware. Yes. And the conversations were just, they, they didn't feel natural. They didn't feel real. So for those who haven't seen this show yet, first of all, it is um, available on Netflix. So if you are streaming, it's called My Unorthodox Life. And the show is the, and I'm using air quotes, reality TV. So yes, <laughs> slightly scripted feeling. Reality TV show about Julia Hart, who is a formerly ultra-Orthodox Jewish woman who has since become this like secular, um, super not religious person and her family. And they're in this world of modeling and social media influencers. And I took them to be the Jewish Kardashians. Um, yeah, I guess. And I totally agree with you that certain conversations definitely felt like this is a camera driven conversation. But I feel like that is reality TV in many ways at this point. Yeah, but it kind of felt a little more fake. Yeah, I, and I don't know how to explain it. So, it just, I mean, just a lot of their conversations. Okay, okay we'll get into it. I'm sorry. I'm no, like no, jumping no. forward because I'm thinking of like the one particular conversation that extremely bothers okay, me. Okay, we'll get like there. like further into that episode. Right, so we will so. get to it. Yeah. So part of the reason we wanted to watch this particular show, as I said, was it really ignited like a lot of conversations in especially the social media spaces where we spend time. I saw a lot of women in particular who were commenting that while they're portraying on the show like Orthodox Jewish life as oppressive towards women and as something that needs escaping from that there are many women who live empowered wonderful full lives in the orthodox jewish context so i do just want to acknowledge before we get into our official I, commentary I think, like they were specifically talking about their experience and their it kind of i forgot the community it was in muncie new york yeah, so i kind of i'm, I'm not okay i know nothing about that mm -hmm. community but i've from what like they were saying, it kind of seems like more of a culty kind of. Well, part of what I appreciated that they said was nothing that they were saying was bad was a commentary on Judaism. It was a commentary on fundamentalism and that fundamentalism mm -hmm. can exist in Judaism, in Islam and Christianity yes. so that they weren't saying that Shabbat isn't beautiful or like, all these different things. So at least that intent I really appreciated. I don't know how much it manifested because they do like 
become very critical about certain specific things in the like just especially orthodox jewish tradition but i just want to acknowledge before we jump into our commentary and all of that um we're coming at this as jewish women as involved Mm -hmm. engaged jewish women but not as orthodox jewish women particularly so we welcome others listeners if you have a voice you want to bring to this conversation as we continue unpacking this show please reach out to us (laughs) yeah but i I do agree that it was it was just commentary on their specific experience in that specific uh, community yeah but it's not it has nothing to do with all of orthodox jews and yes i know a lot of orthodox jews that and women that are lawyers absolutely i know a lot of like badass orthodox jewish women so it's not it has nothing to do with uh with orthodox uh, in general or in Judaism obviously I feel like my main takeaway had absolutely nothing to do with Judaism it was <laughs> like I am deeply uncomfortable with explicit sex talk oh, yeah. um, between parents and kids because I was just telling you my opening line in my notes on the show was the it opens with graphic sex talk ew and i'm not a prude i have no like i think it's so important to talk about sex i think it's important to like use real words and to talk about pleasure and like i yay to all these things but i'm like there are certain things that like shouldn't be said between parents and between a like and this was the mom julia the daughter batsheva and then the son-in-law ben having this conversation about sex and i I was just like there's absolutely no context in which like i can have that conversation without being like well i I think first of all i think ben was extremely not comfortable with that conversation um i'm sure first well wait i think all of them were uncomfortable with the conversation but i also think that that's part of um um it being pretty much scripted yeah um but also i also see that julia the mom Mm -hmm. i think get like for her the getting out took Mm -hmm. her to the more extreme version of like the opposite side totally so talking about sex she just wants to talk about it openly and she doesn't care that she's talking about it with her kids right which again like everyone has their different lines and that's okay as long as all the parties involved (laughs) are like on this like this is literally like a consent conversation just like insects i honestly don't know if it was more for like tv for netflix like telling them this is what you need to talk about or was it actually something that they talk about it so much i because again i think it's like the it's just showing like the opposite of the orthodox life that they were living right because in the conversation like batsheva the daughter mentions her kala teacher and a kala teacher is something so specific to the orthodox community a kala is a bride and what it's not just the orthodox community in Israel, it's not in America. Oh, Nobody okay. who's not Orthodox would have I a had, I because mean, you were required to. Yeah, I was required to, right, to so take in lessons. America. I t- so okay. So should, a college teacher is um, someone who teaches women before they get married, essentially about what it is to be a wife, to be a bride. They talk to you about nida, which is um, ritual purity laws, family purity related to your menstrual cycle, related to having intimate relations with your husband. Obviously, this is a very gendered conversation um, about things Shabbat. like mikvah, about Shabbat, about essentially what it is to be a wife in a traditional Orthodox way. 
And I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. but also not only traditional Orthodox way, like Mm -hmm. a lot of women in Israel that are not Orthodox still Mm -hmm. go to the mikveh, Mm -hmm. still um, uh, do nida. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like the candles on Shabbat. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think the role of the Kala teacher is also specifically meant to teach a tradi- like what traditional Judaism says a wife yes, is supposed to yes. do. Mm-hmm. And then if a non-Orthodox woman chooses to take some of that on and make it her own, like, I again, more power to you. Uh, but in, in Israel, I think we've talked about like mikveh in Israel and mm-hmm. marriage mm-hmm. in Israel as something where, right, there are parts that are like mandated by the state um, or mm-hmm. by the rabbinut, by the chief rabbinate of things you have to do before you get married. Definitely not by the state. Right, yeah. But whereas, <laughs> well, the rabbinut is an agency of the state. Yeah, but it's not like the government is telling you you have to do that. But they are. But they're not because you don't have to get married by the rabbinut. But, right, but if you are getting married Jewishly in yeah, Israel, but you can not, you can get married not Jewishly and only by the state. No, absolutely. So, but so it's not the government. But they've ceded religious control to the Rabbanut. Okay, so yes, I, yes, but that's that's also from when Israel was absolutely founded. no. It's a it was part of the it was part of the agreement. Right, between, it's part of the status quo agreement. Exactly. That, that that's why Israel is considered a Jewish state. Right. Absolutely. So I mean, there's a lot to talk about. Not that I completely agree with it. No. I mean, I have to like come out and say when I get married for the second time. Do you have anything you want to reveal on the podcast? No, I said okay. when. Just I didn't say I am. I said when. No, Dan has not proposed. Hi, Dan. Just checking. <laughs> Monitoring the situation here. But when it happens, it would probably not be um, a Jewish wedding. Right. Well, yeah. obviously, Dan is not Jewish, but you, know. you can still have a Jewish wedding. But in this case, like, again, Even when I was living in Israel, I said I'm not going to get married in the Rabbin again. Yeah. So. No, it makes There are ways around sense. it. There are, ways. there are loopholes. That's what Judaism is about. If you have any about. questions, I'll tell you. Well, <laughs> um, speaking of loopholes, the next note that I actually have is about their, like, they're sitting around a table having dinner in, like, the next scene. And I just cracked up because there are oysters on this dinner yeah. table. And then she says, And then she says, like, <laughs> Like kosher. something about bacon, like everything else is kosher, and like we don't do bacon. No, she said kosher options are coming out, and I was thinking to myself, you already have non-kosher food on the table. But I thought that was so funny because I feel like bacon is like this separate thing. Like I know plenty of Jews who mix meat and milk, <laughs> eat shellfish, everything else is on the table, but no bacon. And like bacon is just beyond what like their line is, and I could totally see for like a family that's coming out of ultra-orthodoxy, being like, yes, we're going to try this, we're going to try that, like, we're open to everything, but, like, no bacon. That feels excessive. But what's the difference between eating shrimps or clams and eating bacon? I think it's a cultural thing that, like... It's an American thing. American Jewish thing in terms of, like, the like the image of, like, the pig as, like, the thing that's dirty or the thing that's, like, the ultimate example of trafe of non-kosher food and everything else is just kind of like it's there too and like you shouldn't do that if you're keeping kosher but like bacon is just like no um so i, I thought that was hilarious i still can't bring myself to eat um like non-kosher that's okay <laughs> everyone's on their journey you have plenty of maybe life in the states will change me maybe not it doesn't have to. i don't promise <laughs> No well, promise. If we were in um, this show, I feel like it's. I feel like one of the main takeaways of this show was Julia, in particular, this mom main character, so badly wants to be not religious and she wants everyone to have every choice open to them and is like all about acceptance, unless like what your choice is is to remain more traditional. 
um, that she was like very into like everyone should have the choice to wear whatever they want but when it becomes like but I want to wear something more traditional then that's no so I would say you have the choice you're in America you could do whatever you want Jewishly whether it's more kosher, less kosher. Like, we are here to support you no matter where on the spectrum you fall. Well, if you're talking about that, do you want to talk about, um, um, oh, God, what's her name? What's her name? The, the dot, Bacheva. Bacheva. Yeah, wanting to wear pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, my first note is this reminds me of Srugim. So, Bacheva and her husband, yeah, Ben, have too. been married, I think in the show it's like eight years or something. They got married as literal children, like when they were 19. They got married, um, and then two weeks after is when Julia decided to leave the community. Right. And then they mention it so, like, so, like, slightly mm-hmm. um, that Bacheva did not speak to her mom. Right, for a couple years, it sounds yeah. like. So, but they somehow have also, like, they're describing themselves as modern Orthodox, so that they still keep Shabbat. They still keep kosher, but she wants to dress however she wants to dress, which I am like personally as someone who's not married to her, like you go girl, (laughs) but they get to this conversation where like they've been slowly taking all these steps that they live in Manhattan. They, you know, are talking to her mom again, like they do all these things and she comes out in these tight jeans and I just wrote the camera person is just zooming in on her crotch. Like all they were doing when showing these jeans. Well, the whole point was showing that she was wearing jeans. Yes. And I found it very interesting what Ben said. Mm -hmm. Ben said, like, I appreciate, I, I, he said, I got married to you and then two weeks after this whole thing happened and I wasn't ready for it, but you as like my wife, I supported you. Yeah. And then he said, I kept in touch with your mom this whole time, even even when you didn't want to talk mm-hmm. to her, I supported everything. Like I supported leaving the community yeah. as well. Like he went after his wife, right. which is amazing. Yeah. And then when they when when they chose to leave the community together, um, he said, "I still I supported you, but I also had my boundaries." Right. And that's where I kind of felt like this poor man. Like he got married into this situation that right. he wasn't ready for but I'm, I'm guessing also Bacheva wasn't ready for it either right. like her mom just kind of yeah. dropped it on Left. on everybody yeah. it's kind of cool that he was so I mean I think they they both kind of wanted to go out and yeah. maybe Julia was the one who Pushed. forced it yeah and I think at the from I'm totally guessing but the fact that Bacheva didn't leave all those years was because she was afraid right and Well, part of what I said was I really felt for Ben. Like, I thought he, you know, it's interesting. I feel like there's one thing to leave as a single person or in this Julia's case, like to leave as a divorcee. But to do this as a couple, like you're essentially operating if you're doing it in a healthy way, which it sounds like they're really trying to like in tandem with each other of Mm -hmm. like, this is the next step I want to take. How do you feel about it? Because we they got married under one set of expectations and then like it changed and they're learning how to do it in relation to each other so i was like and no one's talking I, about his family like no what does his family think about right. like do they, they talk to them are and, they in the community are they not in the community right no we don't know so, so it's like i really felt for him yeah me too. and i felt like he was he was trying like definitely you know it's not like he was saying you can't wear that i as your husband say no yeah he was, he was saying mean like, about it i need to like take some more time yeah um and then later everyone's just like really mean to him criticizing him they're so mean and i i love the way he said it to to bacheva he said to her like we did this i did this after you i helped you i kind of supported you i I, like i've done everything as a good husband and you're kind of 
taking the next step without me. Right. And you're not you're not supporting me. And you're right. not respecting me. And I could I really support him. Yeah. I don't agree with, you know, obviously I wear pants. Right. And I think women should be allowed to wear whatever they yeah. want. But I mean, he he really did a lot. So I kind of feel like she could have went through the, through the stage of like baggy pants maybe like Ray did on Cirque exactly like baggy pants they're still no, a lot she of, comes out of these pants that yes. are so tight they're pants that look like skirts also like right. she could have done this gradually no she jumped she jumped in. into a skinny um, I mean she's stunning like she oh, looked she's, great she's beautiful um, it has nothing to do with that right. but like she jumped like four steps ahead yeah. instead of taking it one by one and also preparing him for that right like she didn't even prepare him right no so i fell for her then we jump speaking of clothes to miriam who's the second daughter and julia in miriam's closet in julia's closet yeah. my first comment is julia's closet is absurd oh my god <laughs> <laughs> like it took me a while to figure out that that was a closet that seems fair i'm yeah. comfortable with that also like the fact that her underwear was out I don't understand why they even not like why they did not edit that out. Well, also like that when was Miriam was trying to borrow Julia's underwear, remember daughter trying to borrow mother's underwear. I get sharing clothes. I get shirts. I get like bottoms. Yeah, but there's was no she reason to share underwear. Was she borrowing? She said she wanted to borrow her underwear. I don't think she wanted to. She said that. She said oh, she I understood the situation differently. I'm sorry. Oh I understood like she, it was out, and then Julia came out and said, "Okay, we don't need to show my underwear." No, no, she was like, because she was trying to borrow oh, an outfit, including underwear, and I was like, "There's just no reason." Like, there is no reason to borrow underwear. Ew, that's kind of Especially when you obviously have enough money that your closet is the size of, like, my entire house. Also, you probably have your own underwear, and I'm sure you have pretty underwear. I'm, and if you don't, you probably have enough money to go out and get yourself a nice pair of underwear. Yeah, I'm like, all good choices. That was weird. Um. So then Miriam, like, she talks about the lack of education that she received growing up as a woman in this ultra-Orthodox community. And, like, all of that, like, I really feel for her. Again, it seems like from a young age, she was, like, chafing against a system. And then, of course, they have to make it awkward and sexual because Julia talks about buying Miriam a vibrator. Um, so weird. So weird. But then... Miriam is so young, too. Well, then I like Julia as a mom for a minute because Miriam, since leaving Muncie, has come out as bisexual. Yeah. And she says to her mom, as, like, talking about this date that she's about to go on, she says, I'm bi, whatever. And her mom stops her and says, no, not bi, whatever. Like, you are bi, own it. And I thought that was, like, this amazing... and Like, that was the type of empowerment that excites me rather than, like... Like, yeah. how's your underwear? No, I love the support that she's getting from her family as far as, like, her, her sexuality and as far as her choices. I love that they're supporting her no matter what. And I think just the language choice, mm -hmm. her mom saying, like, yes. you don't need... I feel like especially with women, there's this sense of, like, um, undercutting one's own authority by these, like, verbal tics that we don't even realize. So instead of just saying, I'm by, yeah, I'm by, whatever. And, like, Julia shutting that down, just saying, you have to own this. That's when I was like, that's great parenting, much more so than the sex conversations. Like, yes, I'm into this. Um, then we meet Julia's, like, BFF Robert, um, I love him. I love him. I commented <laughs> that his dog could be part of my pack. 
um, which shows the depth of real yeah. passion that I have there. And then we get to Ben and Batsheva in bed, and they're like discussing about how they're not yet ready to have kids. Um, and that I think was like, again, that's a like, they just seem like a healthy couple. Like, you don't have to be ready to have kids. Like, again, make that choice however it speaks to you. And like, I think what's hard is when, like with the pants thing, when one person in the couple is like changing the expectation on the other, like if they had decided we're waiting five years or something and then we're going to, and then like, but Sheva changed her mind and she's not ready yet. That's okay. She's allowed to change her mind, but it's also okay for Ben to be like, I'm disappointed because I want this, but I respect you're not necessarily ready yet. So, and then we have just a lot. Um, I didn't write like one by one, like what the next scene okay. was, but um, we have uh, Shlomi, the yes, the the brother. Shlomi, isn't it? Shlomo. Shlomo. Sorry, um, the older the older son. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it's a big thing to talk about his uh, his virginity. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Um, but he's nice. Yeah, There's he not has, much to say about him. Oh, it's just like, he has his first kiss, which is lovely. But then it's like, I wrote, it's really sweet to be open with your mom, but also really weird because the conversation he and his mom have about his first kiss felt like a conversation that like middle school age girlfriends have. Well, don't forget, he, most of his life was in the Orthodox community. Absolutely. So he didn't get to experience you know, first, first kiss in, in a younger age. Absolutely. And then. No, it's great. But then, okay, then he and his mom are discussing this. And I'm also like, why don't you have friends? Um, I think it is part partially because... Because they left. Do you think he lost all his friends? For sure he lost all of his friends. And I'm sure that when you are older, it's harder to make new friends. Because I don't know what age he left the community. Right. Yet, no, that's but, true. I mean, he was probably older. He may have been after high school. That's true. No, it's hard. But then... It says, like, his his first kiss somehow involved him trying to unhook a bra. So I'm also just like, this was a very aggressive first kiss. Like, he just really jumped about 10 steps ahead there. But, like, his mom's really proud of him. So I guess, like, as long as you have mom's support, that's great. Um, then, like, Miriam and Batsheva come in to this conversation. And they go back to talking about pants. Can I talk about this Really, like this this conversation bothers me the most between the the two sisters. Yeah, when um, um, Miriam takes Bacheva to the side and talks about okay, she's like, you shouldn't be with Ben. I am one hundred percent positive that this conversation wasn't real. Yes, I like, agree. I I'm pretty sure Netflix just wanted to add some drama to so, it, I... so they made her go talk to her and. It looks like Miriam was so uncomfortable telling her sister that she thinks she just shouldn't be with her husband. Right. Because obviously Ben is a great husband. I love Ben. Yeah, I really like him. And he's an awesome partner to yeah. her sister. And obviously her sister is extremely happy. And also, she's also doing whatever she wants. Right. Like, yes, they agree that she shouldn't wear pants yet. But she did. Right. He didn't flip out. Right. He, no, he, he wasn't also, mad. No, he also told her, I'm just gonna, like, it's gonna take me a while to get used to this. Like, he didn't go crazy. Right. And then I didn't, I just did not like that conversation. No. The notes that I wrote are, like, Bacheva's being very mature. She's saying she's on this journey with her husband and like they're both accepting of that. And then Miriam is just sucking and like doesn't seem to realize that, like I was saying before, that like 
Julia wants to be super tolerant of everything except if people like want to be more traditional. And I feel like Miriam's the same way because part of like being liberated women is Batsheva should be able to choose being married and to choose prioritizing like yeah. growing with another person as opposed to it being like the only way to like live your best life is to like do it without anyone with you. So that was really a bummer because but I also yeah. think that Miriam is getting most of her um like the the oh god, I'm sorry. She's getting oh my god. <laughs> She's getting a lot of it from her mom. Is that where we were going? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hello listeners. <laughs> She's getting a lot of it from her mom. No, absolutely. And Silvio. Her new partner. Oh my God, Sylvia! And Sylvia is like for for one, he took on her last name. Yeah, because that's the last name that she chose for herself right. for her new life, which is beautiful. It's beautiful. And like the way he talked in their wedding that they showed, absolutely amazing. Okay, yeah. I was amazed by him. But also, this is what the kids are seeing. Right. And Miriam is the only one that's still. Well, I think she's living there. Miriam lives with her mom, right. but Sheva isn't. Right. And so Miriam is literally seeing this on a day-to-day basis. She's right. seeing their relationship together and how he's he admires her and yeah. admires her like and choices, defers to her. But like, he also wasn't orthodox. Right. No, it's a very different thing. My first my first note I'm, about I'm Silvio. Team Ben. This is Team Ben. And te- I'm also Team Batsheva. Yeah, I kind of lovely. I kind of like their relationship. Yeah. They seem like they have a really healthy relationship. Yeah, no, they seem good. But my first comment about Silvio, who's Julia's like second husband, <laughs> can you talk was, quiet on the phone? <laughs> um, oh my god. Silvio and Julia's phone war is my pandemic experience but because the some of these people have <laughs> the way Robert said like this is a this is a huge house <laughs> that was my comment these people listeners who haven't seen the show have like the biggest penthouse yeah. that has ever existed and somehow they've decided to put their desks like behind half a divider instead of having their own offices or walls and they're both on phone calls at the same time this was the most authentic <laughs> real thing that this show had to Julia um, couldn't even talk on the phone she was trying to talk and like quieting him down and he's like yes yes and he's not even so they're both yelling over each other but I related so deeply because during the pandemic like think about it I live in a three-bedroom house with a family room that has a door like all these rooms that have doors and for some reason Noam and I during the work from home stage when we were both at home both needed to be in the same open space that I was in the living room and he was in the dining room. And this is despite the fact that we have all these other rooms, not as many as Julia and Silvio, obviously, that we could go into. But instead it was like, no, these Why are our spots. Why anybody in the, in the family, in the um, guest room? There are so many questions. I don't know. But like, these were our spots. Like the designated guest room. And the moments when we like both had calls at the same time, we got so pissed at each other rather than just being like, huh, we have like four rooms with doors that close right now. This is hilarious. So like, I am Silvio and Julia. Dan Dan worked in the basement. Dan's normal. We set, we set up like an office for yeah. him, you know, in the basement when he was working from home. No, we just like, a few times Noam went into the family room or I started taking calls from the laundry room at some point, but <laughs> it was a, it's, a, been, it's been a long year and a half. Wait, your laundry room is the garage. No, there's also a laundry room before oh, you get oh, to the Oh, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't like go that deep, but it was just ridiculous. So I wanted to share that, that I, under, I related. Then, okay, Miriam goes on a blind date with a girl. Um, 
and it gets deep fast. Like they're just like sharing stuff with each other. And then I wrote yay for consent because like Miriam asks to kiss I the girl. I loved that. I loved that. I loved consent that. culture is key. And like, she, yeah, I love that she asked her if, if it's okay that she kisses her. And it wasn't her. awkward. I feel like when people talk about consent culture and like asking first, no, there's she, this undertone no. of like, it would be awkward to like stop and be like, can I kiss you? Mm-hmm. But I was like, she just did that. And it was like, thank oh, you for asking. She did it beautifully. It was beautiful. Yes. Like, yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. I agree. Then um, I have a note that Julia and Silvio go on a date at the Brandy Library. And I just wanted to share with all of our listeners that my dad's company um, and my Aunt Dana's company, who is one of our most loyal listeners, um, ZT Packaging, um, makes products for the Brandy Library. They made like ties for them and cufflinks and all these different things. So I was really excited to see that. That's really cool. It's relevant to nobody else, but I was really excited. It's relevant to all of our listeners. Thank you, listeners. So the... The backdrop to most of this show, in addition to like their family dynamics, is that Julia is like the CEO of this of Elite World Group, which is this like mega modeling agency. So the like big culminating scene is there's a fashion show. Um, and at the fashion show, everyone, of course, gangs up on Ben because these people are being so mean to Ben. So mean. Uh, and Shlomo, I just wrote, obviously, is learning secular vocabulary because he uses inappropriate phrasing unnecessarily. <laughs> Anyone who watches the show, you'll understand what I mean in this scene. I will not say this. Um, and everyone is just being really disrespectful of Bacheva and Ben's relationship and then it all like ends really quickly because the model who's supposed to be walking is in the police station and that was like the big dramatic like end to episode one and I'm just sitting there like okay okay now I was trying to figure out if that model is that um I couldn't figure that out the one who they had met earlier yeah 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 the single mom I, I was just gonna say if it's if it is a single mom yeah how irresponsible right. to get arrested when you have a child at home. <laughs> no, I couldn't figure that out either. But I also was wondering, I was like, did I miss something? Is this just yeah. like a filler just like, thing? She's the face of everything. And I was like, um, Guess wait, not. she's not the face of everything because she was hired last minute. Right. Who is the mom who is in jail? So it was very weird. So obviously a lot happened in but this I, episode. But I did like, wait, I have to, sorry. Oh, please, go I, sorry. on. I, did ha- I do have to say, I did like how Julia handled it. Yeah. Like, the way she talked to her and she said, I can't come right now because right. that I would have. And then I was thinking to myself, yeah, but she could send someone. Right. But she didn't. Or maybe it's not on camera. Or maybe she was going to take care of it after the right. show. I mean, the way she spoke to her was, I, yeah. I thought was beautiful. Yeah, no, I think Julia is definitely there to, like my main takeaways, she is there to build people up. Especially women. Yeah, she's there to build women up, but she doesn't like men. I feel like she likes Silvio because he defers to her, but, like, she doesn't like Ben. But she likes her assistant. But he's gay. Yeah, but he's a man. (gasps) No, I know he's a man, but I feel like, I don't know, like, when it comes to, like, men in... And she likes her son. But when it comes to men in relationship to women, like, because she didn't like Ben, and, like, Ben is awesome. Um, And I'm just wondering... she doesn't like Ben. I don't know. She was so mean to him. I think she doesn't like what... I think she doesn't... She It's hard for her to accept that Ben is taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. And he's not meeting her in the same... In, like, the same level that she's ready to be right. out there. He's not meeting her in the same place. Yeah. 
And that's, I think, what bothers her because she wants her daughter, Bacheva, to be on the same level. And, and she thinks it's because of Ben, but I honestly think she's on the same level, too. Right. So it's like she's... They're, they're both still on a journey and she's at a destination. Yeah. And she's like, they're taking a path and maybe they'll get to her same destination and, and maybe, maybe they not. won't. I'm yeah. like, all of that is okay. Yeah. Except for her. Who? The main thing is that they're in contact. Right. They, they love each other. They're still a family. I think yeah. that's what she should be looking at. But I mean, I'm also accepting of the fact that we don't know what she's been through. Maybe it's hard for her to accept the fact that maybe she's like extremely anti- you know everything orthodox right and and so it's really hard for her to accept that they're not where she's at yet right absolutely we did not mention um the one son that is mentioned there right. the youngest Aaron. Aaron, yeah um he's still, he's he, still lives in muncie because she has shared yeah, custody, custody with her ex-husband and he is still orthodox yeah. he still you know wears the suit and the hat yeah um, and all, so, but I mean, we didn't see him, but we will, but we alert. only talked about him, yes. But he's coming in future episodes. I kind of guessed that um, their family picture at the like okay. on Netflix is with the sun, that's fair. So, you know, coming out of this first episode, I can definitely see again why, especially certain people in the Jewish community, like bristled against the mm -hmm. show because. Like I read something on, I think it was Instagram recently where like someone had said that, um, like who is an Orthodox Jew, that someone who said, I saw the show, I didn't realize what you go through. Like if this is someone's <laughs> only portrayal of Judaism yeah. and of Orthodoxy, like yeah. that's bad. But I think it was actually really interesting to see like what this path and multiple paths of Judaism can manifest as that like again Julia is totally not into it but like Ben and Batsheva are navigating their own way in like a lot of complexities and I I enjoyed seeing that dynamic and uh, I think I'll enjoy seeing more of it what about you? Um, I definitely enjoy seeing a lot more of it and obviously we know that you already saw a lot more of it <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch. I'm sorry <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Um, but um, also, yeah, I mean, I think that when you're out, I think the most interesting thing for me is to learn a lot about the community from, from their perspective as well. Because, I mean, even as, you know, a, a Jew, yeah. I don't know anything about the Muncie community right. or anything like it, anything yeah. similar. And there are obviously so many different Orthodox communities. Mm -hmm. Um, so that that will be very interesting. And when you said that, like what people talked about online, mm -hmm. um, made me think that just today um, I got a, a text from one of my friends because, well, with the whole situation in Afghanistan, mm -hmm. I texted her because her boyfriend, well, fiance, um, is in the military. And I wasn't sure if he was deployed or not. So I just wanted to make oh, sure wow. that she's okay. He's not. Um, but then we started talking a little bit. And she said, are you in touch with your family? Is everything okay? Like, are, are you able to talk to your family? And I thought to myself, what does she mean? Like, right. does she think that I'm not able to talk to my family in Israel? And then it kind of dawned on me that people that don't know Israel don't realize 
how Israel is and right. that it's how accessible it is a democracy yeah. very modern so I had to like explain all of that to her um, in a text message and tell her yes I'm in touch with my family and honestly they're living a better life than I am and they're, they're like leaving, living the dream and right. I tried to explain a little bit about Israel but that just comes to and she like she said I'm sorry like I don't know really a lot about right. it I said well okay well Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East no it's really hard <laughs> I think it's interesting because again anything that's not our world like again it's so easy to have you know a, a narrow world view of it so I think yeah definitely seeing this through like this colorful and complex lens hopefully leads to at least good conversations yeah so as we finish episode one my favorite character is Ben um I have to say Bacheva and Ben okay. I so like their relationship I really I really have a lot like I admire a lot of things about the relationship mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I, can I appreciate like their it. dynamic mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, either that or Silvio <laughs> I was like Robert's dog and I was a personal fave oh Robert, Robert. I love Robert um, I think the person who I'm struggling with the most right now is Miriam just in the sense of like she, I think when the show like was filmed, she's like twenty years old, and I feel like there's oh, no twenty. She's, she's a baby, and it's like no, like I didn't realize. She, <laughs> I oh, thought she was a minor. Oh no, no, no she's like twenty. Oh, um, that's but, interesting. Oh, but I was like, I feel like there's no point in at least my life, and as someone who works with adolescents, I could say like pretty broadly, there's no point in your life where you're more like sure of your own righteousness about everything than like. 16 to 21, I would say. Um, And she is so convinced of like her worldview and her this. And in some ways it's amazing in terms of empowering women and like what she wants to do. And then in other ways, like feeling like she needs to weigh in on her sister's marriage. I'm just like, you are such a little sister. Mm -hmm. Please stop speaking. Um, No, we both agree on that. So she's my most (laughs) challenging character right now. Yeah, I can can agree with that. And also, I I would like to see more of Shlomo. Yeah. And his actual life. Yeah, I want him to have like a spinoff because I feel like we see the girls in their lives and then he just like comes and talks about his afterwards. I want to know about his life more than just his dating. Like I want to know about his actual life and friends and you know social interactions well also his relationship with the orthodox community because so much of what we hear about why they left is about how women were treated so how julia perceived like was treated yeah how miriam how did he feel like he as a man what made him leave what made him leave because like obviously the dad is still there like well he, maybe that's a conversation that will spike up when uh when Alwyn the, the oh younger, yeah the little one yeah the, I don't know I mean you've seen it but I'm guessing maybe that's conversation that will spike up when he comes out <laughs> we shall see <laughs> I keep burning you stay tuned <laughs> listeners I keep um, burning you on watching it I'm sorry I didn't <laughs> even notice I'm so sorry I'm so bad um but on that note listeners we would love to hear from you did you watch Do you want to watch? Do you have feelings? Are you an Orthodox woman who wants to weigh in? Are you a non-Orthodox woman? Are you an Orthodox man? Are you a non-Orthodox man? Do you not have a gender binary that you subscribe to, (laughs) but you want to comment anyway? In all all of these ways, you can email us at howdoyoujewpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at howdoyoujewpod. Check out our website, howdoyoujewpod.com. And of course, wherever you are listening to this episode, rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars, and be sure to share with all your friends. And until next time, happy Jewing! Happy Jewing!